When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. New green was peeking from the winter earth. The birds who had not scattered to the forest after the first detonations kept to their early spring rituals. Like us, they were beginning to sing their spring songs and were making new ones. We could not let the war steal everything. That was Joy Harjo, Native American poet, author, and musician, reading from her latest poem called An Ordinary Morning. She was moved to write it after seeing photos of the devastation in Ukraine, but its subject is wider. Grief, loss, death, and making sense of the world. I'm Alain Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We're bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Joy Harjo recently concluded her third term as Poet Laureate of the United States, the first indigenous person to hold that position. She's won numerous awards for her work, which includes nine books of poetry, two children's books, and an anthology of Native women's writing. Her most recent book is A Poet Warrior, a poetic memoir. Listen and learn why Joy Harjo is one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. I'm speaking today to indigenous poet and the former poet laureate of the United States, Joy Harjo. Welcome, Joy. It is a thrill to have you with us. Well, it's good to be here. Now, you've just finished your third term as Poet Laureate for the United States. This is a high honorific position, uh, one in which you work. It's not just a, a title. And you're the only Indigenous Poet Laureate in the United States, at least so far. What was the experience like, and, and how do you feel about leaving the position? What was it like to be the Poet Laureate? I guess the first thing I want to say is that 
I'm not the only Native Poet Laureate. There are actually, I think right now, about four or five uh, state and community Native Poet Laureates, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. But yes, I'm the first U.S. Poet Laureate. And that's something you can't, you don't apply for. You can't apply for it. It's um, it's an honor, and um, and I, I I reminded the staff that when we were in the middle of it, and I was doing all this work, and I said, "Wait a minute! You said there were <laughs> there were no set obligations of this position," and then we would laugh because, of course, we all have obligations. You know, in this, I think we all have obligations as citizens of the earth and citizens of the country and of our communities and in our families. I mean, that's just part, that's just part of the story that we take on when we take our, when we take our first breath, but to be named, it's something you don't expect. And I always, I always remember that morning I had an odd feeling and I knew, you know, Rob Casper and who works at the library of Congress at the poetry and literature center and runs that. And he had sent a, funny little note that said, um, I have a quick question. Of course, you know, they, they also, the center also runs a national book festival and I had a book coming out. But when I got on the phone with a doctor, Carla Hayden, who is Uh the librarian of Congress, you know, it's not a presidential appointment. It's by the librarian of Congress, just FYI for everyone. And, uh, she asked if I would be, you know, be the 23rd U.S. Poet Laureate. It was like, like, it felt like lightning. And I didn't know what to say at first because what was running through my mind quickly before I had is like, oh my God, I'm already so busy. <laughs> that was the first thing. But it was just like, I was astounded. I mean, I, I almost, I said, yes, of course, you know, because it, it became, I think, one of the most important things that came out of it was that I, the position and me being in that, assuming that and taking on the responsibility of that position meant that a huge doorway had opened for indigenous people, a huge doorway of awareness, of images, of possibilities. And it resounded, the position and that a native woman was in it resounded throughout Indian country. And I think throughout the country, too, in an odd kind of way, because, you know, the history, of course, with the United States and natives is very problematic, convoluted. And so often the way that we're dealt with is in, um, you know, we we get disappeared from the national conversation. Mm-hmm. So what this position did was um, made a place, so to speak, and to to serve has been um, we're all put here to serve, and this allowed me to serve in a way that um, in a larger yeah I guess with a larger um, uh, recognition not just for me but for indigenous peoples. Did you do a lot of travel in the position? Give us a sense of of how it changed your life. Well, the recognition did. I mean, I've worked for years and I had a reputation, but. I became a lot more, any, any appearance, you know, there was a lot more, uh, there was a lot more coming at me. And no, you know, what happened, most of my, the reason I got a third term, there were two of us that have been get, had 
third terms in the position. And the reason that I got a third term was because of COVID outbreak, pandemic. And so actually, I didn't even, and so even into that third term, we were still dealing with COVID. So I didn't get, I didn't travel quite as much as, as much as other poet laureates because we were, you know, mostly often in lockdown. And so I traveled a lot on, uh, on virtual. I did many, many virtual events, but I, you know, the travel has come just to tail in. My, my position ended the end of April and I was traveling as soon as it opened up, as soon as the world opened up or at least this country, I was traveling. I've been traveling quite a bit lately. But it's conceivable that even virtually uh, you were reaching many, many people, perhaps even more than you would have uh, had you been able to physically travel more. Yes, I think that's true. And often because I didn't have to travel to an event, it um, I had several, often during a week, I'd have several virtual performances scheduled. And I hit a point a couple of times, once in the fall and once in the spring, of burnout. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I prefer in person. There's nothing can replace that because a performance is is not just the performer. The performance is a place. It's a time. It's the people. You know, it's a combination. Well, given that, I wonder if you could read a short excerpt from your most recent book. Poet Warrior, you can't see all your listeners, obviously, but I'm sure they would be excited to hear from an excerpt. You know what I thought I would do instead, if you don't mind, is I have a new poem. Oh, great. That was published, just published in The New Yorker. And the poem actually came from watching, it's called ekphrastic, meaning, you know, it, it takes its its origin, <laughs> its origin story is from a New York Times image of where uh, bombs had just hit a pl- hit a park in in uh, Ukraine, and there was a park bench and a loaf of bread with snow on it. This was early on, and underneath the park bench was some blood, and there were two people there. So in this poem, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I don't know what to do with the with the grief of like missing and murdered Native women. The grief that go, you know. In this country, the trauma, the historical trauma that, that continues, you know, with all of these stories like Breonna Taylor. And and so because, so I write poetry, I write music, and I sat with that image and it was just so startling. I just started writing. and I didn't know what this was going to turn into because sometimes I start writing, it might turn into a song. I am actually going to turn this into a song I decided yesterday. It might turn into a song. It might turn into like a a short essay. Um, I didn't know. But it was just published in The New Yorker. Yes, it's called An Ordinary Morning. We left for the park a little later than usual, my old father and I, though we knew the war was on us. Blood hunger has an endless stomach. I wanted to keep the morning from its mouth. He needed his walk to soften his joints, and we had a daily appointment with the birds. New green was peeking from the winter earth. The birds who had not scattered to the forests after the first detonations kept to their early spring rituals, 
Like us, they were beginning to sing their spring songs and were making new ones. We could not let the war steal everything. In the park, my old father hobbled by an older war, by worries over the evil let loose among us, found joy in watching the children, feeding the birds, and telling the stories he never tired of. And for us who loved him, well, those old stories made a circle of knowledge and affection. We bought a loaf of bread. The baker stayed on to help keep the ritual of our lives fastened into place. Our genealogies of bones are stacked in the graveyard and live in the stories we shared this morning, the baker and us. We will go on even if there is only one standing in a sea of blood and loss, one who will tell the story of who we were and how we fought for an ordinary morning like this one, when the earth was beginning to wake from its cold season. Old Father, you tore off a piece of bread for the birds gathered at your feet. They knew to find us here, this park bench, this prayer of blessing for the continuum of living. The fire took you first, old father. I was stunned. The sun exploded. Then I was gone, following you the way I always did, first with my eyes, then when I learned to toddle. A bird with breadcrumbs in its beak fled to the top of the closest standing tree. My mother, your wife, was a girl again. Then you left the wedding feast as you walked hand in hand to begin a story. I was the thought in the shape of a spring flower emerging from a blood-soaked earth. How we lived and lived and lived and loved our living. We did not want to let it go. That's so profound, so beautiful. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So listening to that poem, I wonder who are the poets who have inspired you? Are there some who've inspired you the most, and why is that the case? I've always loved Lou, uh, Borges, Luis Borges, his stories and his poetry. He was from Argentina, and I liked. I've always liked the the sense of myth and mystery, and how it connects to well to the everyday, and. Also, the poetry of Leslie Silco. Now, she wasn't known, she's not known as a poet. She's a fiction writer, novelist from Laguna Pueblo. But I knew her first through her poetry. And again, I guess thinking about it, I also like the way that the mythological world is absolutely married to the corporeal. Well, you began writing poetry in your 20s, around the same time that the Native rights movement uh, was also soaring. What do you think came first, the desire to make change or the desire to create? Or is it even possible to separate those two? Yes, as you were asking that question, I was thinking, how in the world do you separate it? Because maybe the urge to write comes about for the urge to be changed, Mm -hmm. you know, first within ourselves and in that change and in that awakening or the various coming of ages that we each go through, you know, it's all, it's all together. But I've, I've come to understand that at, at this point in my life that I've always been motivated by healing and the need to heal and by the need for justice. Mm. Well, those are two really important of life's matters. I think it's true that you come from a family of artists. You've described that there being many Native artists in your childhood community. How did that kind of upbringing influence you and your own desire to create art? Well, it became something that was just part of your natural world. It wasn't you know, artists or some are people far away, but you know, it was just part. You know, I I drew constantly. I was always making art, and I uh, my mother wrote songs. I had paintings of my grandmother on the wall, and my, and it was just the creation art of art could be associated with breathing. However, I didn't. One thing we didn't have that I didn't grow up with poets, or at least, well, my mother, I guess you can see her, she was a songwriter, a lyricist, you know, so there you are. Well, it took. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did. But I'm convinced that we're, you know, that each, you know, each family, each nation, you know, each entity comes in with, we're part of a larger field of, I call it the story field, so that you know, that a family, you know, a great, you know, the stuff, the stuff of your direction of your life is all kind of built in. Can we talk a little bit about your being a musician? You had mentioned you didn't know 
that, that beautiful poem you just read to us, that you might turn it into music. You mentioned your mother was a musician. You are a musician. Tell us a little bit about that and why it's important in your life. I've always loved music and I've, and dance and you know then dance and and rhythm and so on. And I grew up, of course, with in Tulsa, with you know hearing a lot of the country swing bands and then all of the rock and roll and R and B and everything that that I grew up with. But it's um, I. I was in, I, I took a few years of band, I played clarinet, and then in junior high, I walked away from it, because I, um, the band teacher wouldn't let girls play saxophone, so oh, I quit. Dear. Yes, it was like that, and, and some people still have attitudes, and um, <laughs> then at around the same time, my stepfather forbid me to sing in the house, and, and he'd also, when, when he came into our family, the music stopped. And I walked away. And I think poetry, it was a way because it was the way to find my way back to it. Because if you look at the origins of poetry in any culture, you will always find it in the origin story, hanging out with music and with dance. Beautiful. Now, speaking of, of your poetry, you have really sought to explore the personal, native, national histories What's the part of, of history that more non-Native Americans should know about and why? I think you brought up something just now that, you know, it helps me understand that the reason so much of my voice, it's so personal. People will, you know, they make that comment frequently about my work and it's not about me. It's, I think I came to that when I started, not even necessarily consciously, but I wanted people to know that we were human beings. And that, you know, I was a Native woman. We were all, there were all kinds, and, and we weren't all the same. And I remember when I was young, when I was a young woman at, at, at the University of New Mexico and coming into this national political consciousness, which was also personal, you know, perfect, you know it's at all levels. I, I remember saying to myself that if I do anything else, that by the end of my life, I want Native peoples to be seen as human beings. Well, you're certainly making a difference. And given everything that's going on in the world today, what makes you optimistic? What makes me optimistic is watching the young people coming up, the young poets, you know, Native and non-Native, the young poets, the young theater people, the young creative artists, young musicians, watching them, you know, the light watching them develop the light they bring in with them. Joy Harjo, what a thrill to be able to speak with you today. Former Poet Laureate of the United States. Just terrific. Thank you. Thank you so much, too, for having me on your podcast. How lucky we are to have the poems and music of Joy Harjo to help us through these challenging times. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, Joy's life and work remind us why all people's voices need to be heard. Joy says that when she was named the first Native American Poet Laureate, it also opened a huge doorway for Indigenous people. It brought awareness of a population that had disappeared from the national conversation. Second, 
Joy's art allows us to see Native Americans for who they are. As she says, I wanted people to know that we are human beings. We are all kinds, and we aren't all the same. Finally, with every poem and every song, Joy shows us that art can be a powerful tool in the pursuit of both healing and justice. Tune in next time to learn about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.